Are you ready for pain? Are you ready for suffering? If the answer is yes, then you're ready for Captain Freedom's workout. Yes, it's America's yeah. own Captain Freedom. That's the ticket. No pain, no gain. Welcome to Double Impact, the podcast where we double back on the movies that impacted us growing up as 90s kids and decide whether they hold up today or are best left in the past. I'm Tristan. And I'm anal. I mean, Greg. <laughs> Sorry. I was just looking at my Uber Eats delivery man and his name was anal. Anil? Tip for anal. And it said tip, tip for anal. <laughs> and I'm so juvenile. I giggled. Yeah. Uh, I'm Greg, actually, <laughs> as it turns out. You are Greg. Welcome to another week of podding, Tristan. And welcome to Friends of the Show. Of course. All of them. It's Saturday there. It's Friday night here. Wow. Can you hit the wow button? I can't hear the buttons because we're having some technical wow. difficulty at my end. Keep going. It's good to be back. It's great to be back another week. Um, I went to a live podcast this week. Greg. Yeah. I went and saw Blank Check live. With Griffin and David. With Griffin and David. It was quite a scene, man. It's. I went with a friend who had listened a couple of times but – not like a super fan or anything, and I think he was a little shook as well. We got there like right on time, like it started at 7.30, we got there at 7.30. It was standing room only. For the pods. And everyone there lost their minds over any like running joke. And I, Sorry, that sounded negative. I'm like all for it. Obviously like, I mean, all of those guys. But it, it was just so fascinating to see podcasters in that environment. It's like a whole mm. new world, man. Yeah. Like they were rock stars. Good for them. They're great. Pod rock stars. It's a good show too. Yeah, good for them. Because you know why, Greg? Because they're not celebrities. One is an actor, yes, but not like a celebrity celebrity. Mm. You know, all, all our competition these days, Greg, is a celebrity that used to be on a TV show and they push us down the charts yeah. and make it uh-huh. harder and harder for people to discover us. Yeah. So here, here we sit. But you know what? We're grateful for all of our listeners and we respect you and we thank you. Yeah. For choosing to fly with Double Impact Airlines. <laughs> oh, wait, that was specific to that show, wasn't it? That was the top It one. was, Gag. yeah. Thank you for running with us, man. Oh, the running man. So Very good. Yeah. I hope you've astuted that. I read it. Oh, yeah, even good. Even gooder. <laughs> <laughs> even gooder. Oh, yeah, we're, we're really flying tonight. Woo-wee. Um <laughs> <laughs> We're doing the Running Man. Oh, this is the first week of our new mini series. I'm very excited for. I feel like you know it's been fun exploring the the broader cinema landscape of the 80s and 90s. We've done some rom coms. We've we've done New York movies. We've uh-huh. done some deep cuts. We've done a bit of everything. But it's nice to get back to our roots. Some lap pack territory, isn't it? Just so the next seven weeks from from this very episode is all lap pack. Lap pack past and present. So we're doing an old Arnie, a new Arnie, an old Dolph, a new Dolph. Those Dolphs happen to also have um, Van Damme in them, mm. at least one of them, both of them, one of them. And First Blood Part 2, Rambo, and Last Blood. What what better comparison point do you want? And then at, at the end, of course, we're going to – this is all going to culminate in uh, an Expendables special. Mm. Get them all in the blender there. Yeah, which is, yeah, throw them all in the blender, this meat grinder. Drop them into meat grinder. <laughs> which is going to be fun to talk about. Mm. 
because it really is Sly and their gang carrying the lap pack torch in an age where you could argue the lap pack era is it's uh, lap pack films they're dwindling, you know. In a, in an age, we got the John Wicks. We got the it's a new era of action films, which is mm. okay. So things change, but it's nice to spend the seven weeks pretending it has it. <laughs> seven weeks, <laughs> nothing but action, action, action. Your clothes, your boots, and your motorcycle. <laughs> the world ain't all sunshine and rainbow. What are you wearing? Size three? Bring it, happy feet. Stop being such a pussy. Are you crazy? Could kill me. That's how winning is done. I did nothing. The pavement was his enemy. Dylan! Son of a We get to win this time, and then we we'll and then we've got one episode before a Van Damme one, so maybe we'll throw in a rom com or something as a little mm. palate cleanser. Yeah, like Action Jackson. <laughs> exactly, and you know, I think we've mentioned before that we we've done a lot of Arnold movies, and there's a growing concern that we've done all the good ones. And I think this was one of one of the few left that were like, fuck, can't wait to do this one, can't wait to do this one. So what better occasion than in a lap pack special to dive into the running man? <laughs> I'll be back. <laughs> Could be any movie. I didn't realise how many movies he said I'll be back in. Great. Yeah, at least this one. <laughs> ha, you didn't know I was going to say that. <laughs> um... 1987 was the year The Running Man came out. Correct, correct. Did you know a little fact about 1987, Tristan? June 3rd Mm. was Mm. the day that the Vanuatu Labour Party was founded. (laughs) Um, But I'm not here to talk about um, Pacific Island governments today. Okay. We're a little bit more skewed to pop culture here. So July 27th. (laughs) Was the day a little song came out, a little song that went a little something like this. Greg's just dancing. <laughs> I'm assuming you've edited in the clip there. Never Gonna Give You Up by Rick Astley. Bah, bah, bah. Yeah, Rick Astley. Big song. Rick Roll. That was the whole. Is that the first meme? Well, I went. It's certainly the first Rick Roll. Or is it? So everyone knows the song. It was big in the 80s. I always thought it was called Then I'm. I always thought he was saying, Then I'm going to give you up. Then I'm going to give yeah. you up. Then I'm going to roll. Oh, and, then, and then roll around. And I was like, What is this guy doing? He's. Gonna, it's gonna nonsense. Give you up, he's going to roll around. And hurt you. I was like, okay, that's weird flex. He's breaking up with his girlfriend to pursue a gymnastics career. Like, that's kind of where I landed. Yeah, yeah. As a, as a five-year-old. <laughs> so I did a bit of digging into the origin of the old Rickroll because obviously this song was probably more famous for its internetisms than it was for the original song. The original song was big in, back in the day. It was a big... Yeah. It was, I think it was number one in a few countries. But the video has now over a billion views, the original. So I'll give you a little taste of the origin story of the Rickroll, if, if, I, if I may. Fuck yeah. So apparently 
Um, do you remember that website 4chan? Yeah. Memes and such. So back then, I think it was two th- March 2007, so not, not an awful long time ago. Well, I suppose that's a while ago. I, I have no perception of time. How long ago is that? 13 years? 15 years? Something. Yeah, give or take. That's actually quite a while now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Grand Theft Auto had just dropped the new trailer. I don't know whatever Grand Theft Auto came out around, was coming out around then. San Andreas or something. Probably. Yeah, probably. <laughs> probably the last one that came out. Toasty. Toasty. Uh, so they dropped their trailer <laughs> and the website crashed apparently because everyone was like, I gotta see the trailer. I gotta see the trailer. Yeah. Um, yeah. I assume that's how they said it. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, people were posting it in other areas on the internet so people could watch it. 4chan was getting a few. And some guy posted a trailer uh, of, well, just posted a link and everyone was clicking on it and it was a link through to the film clip for Never Gonna Give You Up. Fuck, so that was the first one. I believe so. Um, That's But then amazing. apparently before that, I don't know when it was, a few years before that, in Michigan some someone rang up their local sports talk show, um, you know, to have a conversation about probably about the Mighty Ducks or something. And uh, instead of talking, like when they got through, when they got through to live, they just played Never Gonna Give You Up down the line through to the Amazing. radio hosts. And the radio hosts were like, what is going on? <laughs> uh, man, I, I saw a Rick Roll recently. Like it still happens. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. But I saw a Rick Roll recently. Friend of the show, Bowen sent us one. Did he? Yeah, and you, I mean, that's like what one I'm of those thinking Google of. Earth ones where, like, look what I found, and it zooms right in, right in. You know, it keeps zooming, and then it was the little tunnel that he's in for the film clip. You know what I remember <laughs> though? What a lot of the comments were like, I knew because the URL said X ended in XCQ, which is like, the, so people have gotten to know the the, <laughs> the Rick Astley URL when it's posted as something else. Like, no, that's not it. Finishes in XCQ. That's not it. It's good. Back in my day, Rick Rolling was done with um, primarily with gay porn. Um, so you'd off- open a PowerPoint <laughs> at work thinking it was a, uh, a a work deck, and then it was. I am watching gay porn. Yeah, is it that one? Yeah, 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 yeah. All those ones. I remember those. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so a big year for Rick Rick Astley. He hasn't made any money off all the YouTube views apparently because I think he was a bit of a face. He didn't own the rights of the song, et cetera. But he's happy oh, with really? it. He's, he's happy with it all. He's, he's a pretty chill guy by the looks of it. He's like, it's cool. Bit of fun. He probably makes some coin the other way, like doing some some gigs or something. I'd hope so. But yeah, he, seem, he seems pretty chill about it. Yeah. That's how you got to be about these things, I think. You got to. You got to. You, you can't. If you resist. Oh, you baby. Oh, baby. You can't do it. You can't He'll do get it. get you. Oh, man, 87, yeah, big year for movies as well. The biggest movie of the year was Fatal Attraction. Does that seem strange to you? Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's Michael Douglas's lips. Yeah. Douglas is in that, right? Yeah, yeah he's in that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's Pete Douglas in that. He has an extramarital <laughs> affair. Uh, when doesn't he? Does he only, yeah, that's all he has. He's playing. He gets married just so he can have extramarital He affairs. has the perfect picket fence life and then he bangs some... Office. Throws it all over. Greg Stewart is is Michael Douglas lips. Again, again, visual visual gags about. Okay, let me explain it. It's a very glistening face. Glistening. Yeah. (laughs) It's a post-coital face. face. It's the only face he knows. But an unsatisfied post-coital face. (laughs) No shame, no guilt. (laughs) 
Get ready for more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> He's so greasy. Why is he always so greasy? <laughs> I don't know, man. It was the biggest movie of the year, so oh. I guess he just kept playing that. Um, number two, Beverly Hills Cop 2. Number three. So this, I don't think we've done much from this year just quietly. We've done Predator, Three Men and a Baby. I think maybe that's oh, Wall really? Street. We did Wall Street. Um, oh, Michael Douglas had two big movies that year. Yeah, and Arnold. Oh, yeah, because Arnold, this had, um, Predator was the same year, wasn't it? Is that what, did you already say that? Big year for Arnold. The Untouchables. There's a lot of a lot of things we've got to hit here. Lost Boys, man. We've done, did we do um, Lost Boys? I thought we did it. I keep thinking we did, but we haven't done Have Lost we not done Lost Boys? That's weird. <laughs> Isn't that weird? I keep thinking we've done Boys in the Hood as well, but we haven't done that. I knew, no, we've done Friday. Yeah. Slightly different tone. I don't think that's well, – I hope that's not why I think we've done Boys in the Hood. <laughs> yeah, that would be pretty bad. <laughs> that would be weird. No, I don't know why I think we did that. I don't know. Maybe I just watched it recently. <laughs> no, I mean they've both they've both got Ice Cube. Yeah, and, it does have Ice Cube. And, um, they're both South Central, Ice Cube. One's just a little bit more serious than the other. Yeah, Friday. Um, <laughs> yeah. If you feel, I mean, you know, we, uh, we've, we've done a lot. Yeah. But you know we're not we're not here to fucking list all the movies from from 1987 as we tend to do. Oh, really? um, but I but I can I could keep going, but I won't because we're here to talk about one film, the film that came in at number 28 back in 1987, a little film called The Running Man. Film about a man, a running man, a man, a radioactive man. <laughs> <laughs> Who says that? It's the James guy Woods at the end something? of the when the you know the Hollywood types came here and you took them for all. <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they just wanted to make a movie about a man, a radioactive man, <laughs> a new small town. <laughs> oh man, it's so uh. good. We're not here to just recite The Simpsons. No, as much as we may wish to. Maybe we'll start a Simpsons pod where we just yeah. talk. Hey, you remember that bit? Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty good. I'm down. How about this bit? <laughs> um, <clears throat> Running Man came out in November of 1987, budget of $27 million with a gross box office of $38.1 million. Uh, mm-hmm. ROI is not amazing, mm-hmm. but it made money and it was in the top 30. That's something. That's of significance. Yeah, it probably just depends how many pockets they've got a line, you know? How many people yeah. want a piece of that profit pie? That profit pie. It's a good point. It's a good point. Um, critic score on Rotten Tomatoes is 66%, audience score 60 So we have some consensus there. Um, the critic consensus reads as follows. The running man is a winking satire with ridiculous clothes and workmanlike direction. Hmm. These... Interesting. More positive than I was expecting. Like what does I, workmanlike I like direction mean? Yeah, is that a is that a dig? I guess. I don't know what that means. Did they say like it's a bit pedestrian? I don't know. Like workmanlike. 
Does anyone know? I see workman like as a positive thing in most contexts. Yeah. Like you're a Get, worker. You do work. up your you sleeves. Yeah. Maybe that's what they mean, just down and dirty. Maybe it's a good thing. I don't know. Maybe we'll never know. Who knows? Was it a big one for you, Greg? It, look, it, it wasn't a huge one. Um, I definitely saw it at a young age though. And I think it was, mm. it was, you know, it was in that sort of bracket of Predator and those sort of films where they were contraband. You might, there might have been a kid that had a copy. It was probably, you know, my brother was five years older, so he's five years older. So it was, <laughs> um, you know, there was a chance. I think one of the guys down the street, one of his mates had it. And I think I probably got smuggled in for a, a viewing once. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And like just nice. sort of didn't get a seat on the couch because I was like the furthest down the pecking order. Um, but like watched it, but it didn't fall into the heavy rotation like something like Predator did. Yeah, but it was just it was in that sort of caliber of like, oh, yeah. What about you? It's interesting, isn't it? I wonder why. Yeah, because I I've only ever seen bits of it over the years, and it's funny because this one is exact. This is my type of jam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> almost everything about it. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's Arnold. That's probably the minimum requirement, yeah. but. Dystopia, eighties version of a dy- future yeah, dystopia, yeah. Some brutalism. Yeah. We've got like the real campiness of all of the the baddies. Yeah. <laughs> like this is a perfect cocktail. So yeah. I've 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 always I'd seen bits of it and I've I've always thought oh, I've got to get around to just watching this probably. And then I think since we've been doing the pod, I've just been oh I guess I'll save it for the pod. And so here we are. Mm. Um, mm. Very very excited to yeah. do this this week. Well, that's exciting. So no, no crazy memories of this one. Should I just get into the origin story then? Perfect. Origin story. So this is based on a book, a novel, not a novella, by um, you know the the famous Richard Bachman. Mm-hmm. The great <laughs> and powerful Richard Bachman. That threw me. Did it throw you? Because I'd I'd heard this was based on Stephen King, like. Whenever. Yeah. And then when the credits start opened and it said based on a book by Richard Bachman, I was like, what? Mm. What? And then I Googled it and, yeah, Richard Bachman was a pseudonym that King used. And at first I thought, oh, no, is it one of those ones where they do that when they're ashamed of something? Because there's a director's name, I forget what it is, that they throw in there when they don't want to be associated with the movie. Mm. Um, but it's not. It was a purely uh, business decision or branding decision. Yeah. Back in the day, apparently in the early days of his career, the the general rule of thumb was you release one book a year because you don't want to oversaturate the market with your brand. Crazy, huh? Yeah. And so he's like, well, I'll just create a nom de plume. Yeah, yeah. I've been looking forward to saying that. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it'll be great because then I can also test to see if, you know, am I actually talented or are people just bite into the brand um, I get to he, – he purposely did very minimal or well, almost no marketing mm-hmm. for any uh, Backman books and um, – Set him out there. He, what did he say? He wanted, to, he, wanted to, he wanted to load the dice against him as much as possible. So if they break through, then boom, he's legit. Yeah. yeah. But he, he had a whole fake backstory <laughs> it's in crazy, the sleeve hey? of the books. It's, it's, it's so it's good. Backman's I love backstory this. reads like a – Stephen King character. Yeah, it does. Go figure. Served a four-year stint in the Coast Guard, which he then followed with 10 years in the Merchant Marines. Uh, Backman finally settled down in rural New Hampshire 
where he ran a medium-sized dairy farm riding at night. This sounds like my uncle. Um, his fifth novel was dedicated to his wife, Claudia Inez Bachman, who also received credit for bogus, the bogus um, author photo on the book jacket. So the, the, he had a photo of a guy who was um, Richard Manuel, who was Manuel. the insurance agent of Stephen King's literary agent. Yeah. <laughs> it's just some guy. Imagine he's walking down the street and he goes, damn you, Bachman. <laughs> Imagine if the book turned out to be racist or something. Yeah. And then this. Backman. <laughs> Get, Backman gets cancelled. <laughs> um, so the issue was he um, unfortunately got found out a little bit too early to really get a result on that test of his. Um, a little, uh, a small bookstore clerk figured it out. He wasn't small. I assume the bookstore was small. Steve Brown. And he wrote to the publisher because apparently in these books, Stephen King was still dedicating them to people that were close to him and apparently there were writing styles that were similar as well. But there, So there were a few clues like that. And so this guy, Steve Brown, he connected the dots. I think he then went to like the legal registry of whatever the fuck where I guess they legally had to say it was Stephen King and he found the truth. I thought this is a great little miniseries right there waiting to be made. And um, Finding Finding Stephen. Finding Bachman. Finding Bachman. Yeah, Finding Bachman. Oh, isn't yeah. Isn't it? It's like a friend of the show, Alexi Toliopoulos, can tackle that one. Yeah. It's like finding Desperado. Um, so he wrote to the publisher and said, hey, I've noticed this. Stephen King calls him two weeks later. I rate this response. It's a good response. Calls him two weeks later and says, write an article about discovering the truth. And you can interview me for it, yada, yada, yada. So he turned it into a thing for this guy. Like, that's cool. Yeah, and that's cool. And I think he enjoyed the story of it himself. So, yeah, it's a nice way to... Nice way to do it. He was writing Misery at the time, which was going to be a Buckman book as well, which is interesting because, like, I was wondering if there was a different style, like if this pseudonym had a different flavour, but it seems to just be a mix of stuff. Like, is is Buckman the sci-fi guy, for instance, but it doesn't seem to be. Mm. Yeah. So he started that pseudonym in 77 with a book called Rage and was outed in 85, so just after after Running Man came out, which I think was 82. And that was the end of his career. Yeah. <laughs> Not. Yeah, he's still. End of Backman's. Backman still released two more books later. Oh, good on him. I think, I think just as like a quirk. Mm. But a lot of writers do this. Agatha Christie wrote six romance novels as Mary Westmacott. And um, more recently, for similar reasons, J.K. Rowling wrote as Robert Galbraith a book called The Cuckoo's Calling, yeah, again, in like a way she, she wanted to experience what it was like to publish a book without hyper expectation again. Well, what about, um, I've got one for you, a little famous one. Do you remember oh, yeah. from our um, Gladiator episode? Um, a little author named Samuel Langhorn Clemens. I don't remember. Wrote a few books under no, his pseudonym. Do you remember what his pseudonym name was? No. Keep going. Anal. little... Little author by the name of Mark Twain. Wait, what? Mark Twain. Yeah. Wait, he wrote Gladiator. Is, that is, Mark Twain is a pseudonym. Wait, what? <laughs> so the author Mark Twain. Yeah. Mark Twain is a pseudonym that Samuel Clemens used. That's not his real name. So his real name isn't Mark Twain, Samuel Clemens. But did, wait, but what's this got to do with Gladiator? In the, in the episode of Gladiator, they talk about it in the class and he's like, just, oh. does anyone know what a Mark Twain is? And he goes, 
and everyone's quiet. And then he goes, oh, uh, they used it to measure okay. the um, the depth of the Mississippi. And everyone's like, oh, oh, pseudonym. <laughs> Sorry, I got lost because I thought you were suggesting the writer of that movie or something. <laughs> I was like, wait, so you saying Mark Twain wrote that? Or like <laughs> the guy that wrote that just uses Mark Twain on the side. There was, there was uh, another one. I had a list of pseudonyms sorry. and one, we got one actually... One had Michael Douglas as a pseudonym. So I guess it's possible that <laughs> you could just use it. I'm just going to write a book as Michael Jordan. Why not? Yeah, I might write one as I'll call it Christie. Come Fly With Me. <laughs> it's a pseudonym. Everyone's doing it. <laughs> Stephen King. <laughs> yeah, Stephen, with a, spell it with a V instead of a PH. Oh, nice. That's actually a great idea. That's a good idea. Isn't it? <laughs> And you just do like you just do little ripoffs, like the instead of the man running too. man, it's the jogging man, the jogging <laughs> guy, <laughs> the jogging <laughs> guy. That's, that's not the same room to it. <laughs> Cat cemetery. <laughs> <laughs> Cat cemetery works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How many ideas this episode? Oh my god, we're killing it! Story buyers all over the place. Um, now, I like to imagine that almost as soon as it was found out that this was a Stephen King book, that it immediately got optioned for a movie because in watching this, I'm thinking this must be early Stephen King. Like, this must be one of the first movies that, that was based on a Stephen King book. No, it was the 17th. <laughs> so it was already the style at the time. So it, genuinely, I think <sighs> like it came out as Buckman. Um, it gets uncovered that it's Stephen King and some movie exec goes, I'll take it. So there were already, I've got a list here. So there was Carrie in 76, then Salem's Lot, The Shining, Creepshow, Cujo, The Dead Zone, Christine, Children of the Corn, Firestarter, Cat's Eye, Silver Bullet, <laughs> Maximum <Electric>. Overdrive, <laughs> Stand By Me, Creepshow 2, The Lawnmower Man, oh. Return to Salem's Lot, and then The Running Man. That's crazy. It's so crazy. That's just that's just scratching the surface. That only that's literally at the first three centimeters of the list. <laughs> what is his net worth? That's a good question. I wonder if he likes Stranger Things or if he hates it. Five hundred million. Whoa! He's earned every penny. Well, actually, I think we talked about on the Stand by Me episode. There's some rights he sold just for a dollar. If he like, I think if he believed in it, he would just sell it to you for a dollar. Yeah. So I don't know. I guess that sounds like a bad business move there. But if you got half a billy, who am I to judge? Yeah, that's that sweet US dollars too. Yeah, yeah, two billion Australian. It's just so, I know we've talked about this every time we do a Stephen King movie. Not that we've done that many, but it's just crazy what an impact. Like the Marvel, the Marvel of its day. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Just yeah, uh, any towns, any property by that guy. Yeah, I'll buy it up. I'll make a movie out of it. And yeah, it was all in the town and the dairy semi-connected universe. Yeah, dairy. Um, so anyway, Hollywood gets their hot little hand on it, and initially this was going to be a Christopher Reeves film. Oh, yeah, and his version was going to be, you know, playing an unemployed man who goes on this show to feed his family, which is a lot closer to the book. Um, which I'll get into later. I've got some differences in in the book versus the movie mm. a bit later. And apparently it was going to be directed by director Andrew Davis, not our friend Andrew Davis, uh, but the guy no. that directed Under Siege. But he got fired no. after like two weeks for some reason and then they brought in Paul Michael Glaser. Mm. 
was Starsky of Starsky and Hutch. Isn't that oh. crazy? It was Starsky. Which one's that? I know nothing about him. Oh, the brown haired guy. Ben Stiller. Yeah, Ben Stiller. Wow. 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 He's directed a few movies. A bit he directed a very eclectic range. A lot of movies I'm – well, a lot. Two more that I'm keen to revisit. Band of the Hand I'm not familiar with but it looks interesting. Uh, the Cutting Edge I'm not – I have no idea. But The Air Up There and Kazam. Yes. I'm ready to go there. The Air Up There, I really – I think we should do a miniseries at some point of films that films that you forgot existed. That would be one of them. The Air Up There, they're just very of the time. I'm not saying if they're good or bad. I just genuinely have no idea. I kind of forgot they existed. Mm. And it was written by Stephen E. D'Souza, who I loathe and despise today. Sorry, I was just quoting our old mate, um, Joel Silver. Just quoting ah. Joel Silver. <laughs> I don't know why. I just always have it in my head. Whenever I read Stephen E. D'Souza, I hear it in his voice saying, who I loathe and despise today. But we know him from many films we've covered, from Die Hard to Die Hard 2. We haven't covered Die Hard 2. <laughs> the Street Fighter, to many things. Seymour, be mm. quiet. <laughs> many things. Um, including this. But what's interesting, this is unexpected. I read this literally just before we started recording because I was doing some last-minute extra little notes, tops-ups. And um, Arnold apparently was not happy with this recasting of director. He said it was a terrible decision and that Glazer shot the movie like it was a television show, losing all the deeper themes. Oh. But it's, it seems like they did that based on the casting of Arnold. So it was going to be Christopher Reeves and it was darker and more of a you know, metaphor or, you know, allegory, whatever you want to call it. Um, it was darker, grittier and all that. And then they cast Arnie and they're like, well, let's just make it more of an Arnie film, I guess. But it sounds like Arnie was signing on for the former. So, yeah, interesting, interesting. Mm. I could easily imagine Jean-Claude Van Damme in this. Oh. Yeah. Anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. That was one of my first thoughts. I'm like, this feels like a Van Damme <laughs> movie. <laughs> Maybe it's the D'Souza in it. Um. Let's play the trailer. Uh, Bish Bash Bosh, she goes off a movie rap party somewhere. I don't know, in a dark and gritty concrete building. Alley. <laughs> Alley. In the year 2017, an innocent man accused of a crime has a choice. Hard time or prime time. Sensational. Perfect contestant. I want him. He must pay or play the running man. On your mark. I'll be back. The highest rated TV show in history. Because they want us to stay. It's a game between life and death. Can you lift? Schwarzenegger is the running man. He's playing for a prize. The prize is his life. How about the life? The running man. Great trailer. Great trailer. It had it all set in 2017. What do you know it? 
Have we done many of those movies where it's set in essentially the past? A couple. I don't know. Yeah. I think at least, oh, at least Back one. to the Future okay. 2. Oh, yeah. oh, we haven't done that. We haven't done Back to the Future 2. Have we? Oh. I don't know. We've got to do that soon. Hey, um, what happened in this movie, Greg? Would you mind breaking it down for our friends at the show at home? Yeah, um, I've got a few words to share on this one. I've got to, you know, set the scene a little bit. Yeah, nice. Uh, so, yes, as you've said, it's a, it's a dystopian future set in modern day past. <laughs> I assume it's a dystopian dairy. Yeah. Um, based on the... Based on the author being a being a backman, yeah. Um, America has become a totalitarian police state. The world economy has collapsed. Uh. The conspiracy theorists were right, Tristan. They gave <laughs> up their guns, and things are in a bad way. Fuck. Uh, then we've got Ben Richards. Uh, he's a police cop. Mm. He's flying a chopper. Uh, he's flying over some sort of, there's a bit of a, a melee, a, a riot, you know, a protest, a, a riot protest. Food riot in progress. Uh, in one of the dark streets. You know, because people are, people are hungry. Um, you know, they're kicking off, they, they probably just want a, uh, a sandwich or something. Yeah, a sandwich. Tin of spam. Uh, and he's ordered to fire. Machine gun fire at these people, and he's like, "I do, 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 do." Eliminate anything moving. I said the crowd is unarmed. There are lots of women and children down there. All they want is food, for God's sake. Yeah, he doesn't want to do it, and then they basically, physically restrain him. Hang him out of the helicopter for a bit. Yeah, a bit of a dangly dangle. You do that. Uh, the dangling and was then fun. send him off to uh, labor camp. Yeah, get those muscles working, and he grows a nice fake beard there. Uh, and then he basically plots an escape from labor camp with a couple of uh, his mates who are members of this resistance camp. I think he wants or a resistance group, I should say. They want him to join. He doesn't want to join. He's like, uh, get the hell out of here. Yeah. And um, anyway, they get caught. So meanwhile, in real world downtown Derry, a big part of the population control strategy is these hyper-violent TV game shows. Hey, Charlie, you see the running man last night? I never miss it. I even won 500 bucks. They seem to sedate the masses and kind of keep everyone under control, I think is the idea. The big one's called, you guessed it, Running Man, and the premise is you get these perps and they have to outrun uh, these stalkers to earn their freedom. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of the setup of the show. So the host of this show, he convinces Arnie to go on in trade of saving the lives of his fellow escapees. We all know you're a big, tough guy, Ben. But that doesn't mean that you're a loner. And it takes a big man to admit that he needs his friends. We didn't want to break up a winning team, Ben. So here they are, ready to go for broke, right by your side. So his mates all get caught. He's like, OK, well, you do the show and we'll... You can all live happily ever after in the nice, not always dark part of the world. Yeah. So you're getting the idea there. You get that, you add uh, half a cup of Paula Abdul choreographed dancing, <laughs> a pinch of an overweight Christmas lights wearing opera singing wrestler, yeah. about two pounds of spandex, and you got yourself a movie, baby. Yeah, bish bash bosh. Fuck yeah, man. Fuck yeah. How was the rewatch? How was the watch? <laughs> man, it was... It was fun. I think that my, my watch suffered this week from a fragmented viewing. I had a bit of a hectic week work-wise. Yeah. 
I didn't even finish it till this afternoon. These work bosses making us <laughs> earn our salaries. Yeah. Well, I mean, one day we can earn money on the pod and then we can quit our jobs and move into yeah. a small apartment together. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and just pod to our heart's content. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and live off food scraps. Yeah, yeah. So I think, yeah, my rewatch, um, watch, I, I press play and I'm like, okay, this is my jam. Like there's the even the graphics of the, the credits, there's this weird mm. janky CGI like rotating things and wacky fonts mm. and like a few years before they should probably be trying that. Uh, but in a charming way, like the aesthetic is something I enjoy. And um, uh-huh. and, and and so like, yeah, aesthetically I was really like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and conceptually I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then, but executionally, like I, this doesn't quite, you know, doesn't reach the heights of a of a Total Recall or anything like that. Um, but I mean, that's that's probably my favorite movie of all time. So there's not going to be many that that do. So I I yeah. I, uh, I can't help but compare it to that. Um, so it's maybe not a top tier Arnie, but it's I really enjoyed. It was um, it was. I think we haven't done early Arnie in a long time. And so it was it was really enjoyable to see the uh the somewhat rough edges of his acting and such. <laughs> mm, mm. And um yeah, I don't know, just the I get the the workmanship like directing perhaps. I don't know. The just the, <laughs> <laughs> the the down Is that a good nature. or a bad thing? I don't know. But it kind of reminded me of Commando a bit in that way and um like I, I, I enjoy this phase of his career so much. And Fleet mm-hmm. the Guy from Fleetwood Mac was in it. <laughs> he's a, he's the a guy the English Fleetwood guy Mac. that works at the you know with the beard and such. He's the he's one of the rebels, the wise one yeah. or whatever. He's Mick Fleetwood. Is that I nearly googled him to go? Who's that guy? He looks very really familiar. But then I got sidetracked and didn't. it felt like it was meant to be someone, right? It had like that elder statesman vibe to it. Like I feel like we're supposed to know who this is, and then I just came it across was Mick it. Fleetwood. Yeah, I was looking up something else in terms of the cast and then I saw that and I was like, Fleetwood, surely that doesn't mean. You saw the front cover of Rumours. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But anyway. What what did you think, Gregory? Fleetwood. Um, So the three words that you said up front were the first three notes, uh, first three words of my rewatch notes. It was fun. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's fun. Um, there was a good touch of irony in this film being set in a dystopian future of 2000, I think it was 19, wasn't it? No, was it 17. 17. Oh, okay. Well. It's close, right? Yeah. Because I was like, well, that's kind of the last normal year we had. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's close enough anyway. <laughs> yeah. 2017 or 19 represent uh, the last of the normal years. Well, the book, in the, the book, went, it's 2025. Oh, so well, who knows? I wonder what twenty five. I wonder, yeah, what well, that's gonna. Be. We could get there, man. We're we're on the cusp. <laughs> yeah, oh. we're dancing on the cusp, <laughs> on the razor of. I assume they made it twenty seventeen just because it was like thirty years because it came out in eighty seven. I assume that's why, because otherwise there's no reason. Oh, yeah. It's a nice round number. But you liked it? Yeah, I liked it. It was enjoyable. Um, yeah, it doesn't. It's not as good as Total Recall, or you know, it's it, it's it's certainly no um, no Blade Runner. Um, yeah, but it's it's like it's enjoyable. It's it's missed a, it missed a few notes somewhere, but yeah, 
the the whole aesthetic was awesome. You know, like I liked the behind the scenes TV thing. Yeah. That Richard Dawson, the the host, yeah. um, was epic. Once inside the zone, the runners have three hours. They've got to go through all four game plots. Three hours or less, and they're going to need every second because you know who's on their tail. He's a real, he was a real guy. Apparently he was a, a TV host. Oh, that's cool. That's Which cool. Which is cool. Yeah, so I, I thought he was awesome. Apparently he's, he's passed away now, I think, of some sort of lung cancer. He smoked four packs of ciggies a day. Fuck. Apparently. Like Post well, Malone. To, oh, has he smoked that much? <laughs> no, I, just, I just read that today in a headline. <laughs> Apparently Post Malone smokes up to 80 cigarettes per day. <laughs> Oh God, Posty! <laughs> so in Australia, that's like nearly seventy thousand dollars a year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably seventy thousand dollars a year. Fuck. Yeah, like it, I did the math. I did some back back of back of fag pack pack <laughs> maths. Yeah, Ba-dum-tsh. and it was well. If they're fit, how much are they like fifty bucks a day, right? Uh, fifty bucks a pack, aren't they? Something yeah, like that. something like that. If you buy them at the pub, that's so um, crazy. So that's Every time I ask day. someone, it's gone up. Like how much the cigarettes cost these days? So yeah, it doubles each time. Yeah, <laughs> like God, if you ask someone for a cigarette now that you don't know, I think that's like, I think it's taboo. I've seen mates do it and I'm like, it even felt wrong and the guy's like, oh, really? I've got some cocaine you can have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> smoke, smoke that. <laughs> Man, yeah, like it does net out to about 70 grand a year or more, I don't know. That's crazy. Yeah, so he was a big smoker. But, um, yeah, he was awesome in it. I liked the idea of the... The different uh, stalkers was really cool. Yeah, but that is cool, man. I felt, but I just I don't know. They maybe they came and went too quickly, or they were a bit same same. Can we talk about them? Like they were all were quite heavy set. Yeah, let's 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 spend a bit of time on them because I I got the sense that they are not in the book so much. And after reading what Arnie just said about what they changed when he got on board and when um when Starsky got on board. I feel like these were added and I'd really like the idea of them. I'm into it. I agree though. I feel like it's something, some unrealized potential there. Yeah. But I loved, I, lo- I loved them. <laughs> yeah. It was, like, it was like gladiators. Well. It was so bizarre. So just quickly on, before we go into them. Yeah. And you said it was like gladiators. Yeah. The, the guy who pitched the idea of gladiators to the TV network used, referenced The Running Man. And really? he said, it's like the running man, but without the murder. So when you look at this as this shows this book or this movie's legacy, and we'll that's talk, significant. We'll man. touch on Hunger Games at some point. The, it yeah. literally was the pitch for Gladiators, so American Gladiators, and obviously that got rolled out in the UK and here in Australia. Yeah, very successful show, household favorite here for sure. Yeah, Vulcan and the Gang. But just that 
premise of the different type of killers or different type of hunters the is personalities. Awesome. That's so funny. I mean, obviously it came to mind when I was watching it, but I didn't realise. Well, I guess I'd wondered if there was any, like, direct connection. Um, you know, obviously Hunger Games and fucking even Squid Game to a degree. Um, especially in the book, it sounds more Squid Game-esque in that Oh yeah, Arnold's character went for the money. He wasn't a... You know, he wasn't a convict or whatever. Uh, but let's talk about the yeah, baddies. Okay. Let's talk about yeah. the baddies because yeah, they're yeah. fun. They're fun. Do you have a favourite? Let's go through them. So we got, we got Captain Freedom, played by Jesse Ventura. I was killing guys like this ten years ago with my bare hands. I'm not going for any of these tricks. This is a sport of death and honour. Code of the gladiators. <laughs> that guy is <laughs> scary. He's great. Oh, he's so great. He's so amped up. Great so energy. Amped up. I think he was pumped a to be the guy backstage and you know be a bit of a reporter, but b to have hair. I saw an interview with him. <laughs> he said something like, "You know when you're <laughs> when you're 18 and you start losing your hair to be 36 and have a full mop, it's kind of awesome." <laughs> <laughs> and then we got Fireball. Played by Jim Brown. They're running men. Last season's winners. No. Last season's losers. And we've got uh, Dynamo, played by Erwin Van Litz. That's the opera guy. Bizarre one. That's so weird. He's definitely my favorite. Yeah, he's my favorite. That's, that's what I was going to say. That's all I'm building up to, really. Let's <laughs> <laughs> cut to the chase. There was also Professor Sub Zero, played by Professor Toru Tanaka. Oh, yeah, he's always good. Hey, Killian! Here is Sub Zero. Now, Plane Zero. The the last two, Dynamo and Professor Sub Zero, they were both professional wrestlers, and Dynamo was also an opera singer. It's just weird. It's yeah. so weird. <laughs> <laughs> you have to split. Hey, Christmas tree over here. No, I can't remember what he said. Something like that. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, he he passed away sadly. Not right I after. Think, right after, yeah. Yeah, he passed away like right after. Like he just got married one year earlier. Made this movie and died. Uh-huh. Sorry, let's check and see more. He's been like scratching his eye. Oh, no. Sounds like Bruce. Hey, hey. Stop that. Um, so so we, we're agreed. Dynamo. Dynamo is yeah. so weird. Can, so someone, weird. can someone make the dark and gritty prequel of Dynamo? <laughs> oh, yeah. The origin story. Of- oh, like Joker, you know. It's still a real... Yeah. He had a dream yeah. to be an opera singer. <laughs> he just needed the money to get to um, so he's, Venice. Yeah. I don't know where. Oh shit! Where? Yeah, where's Vienna. opera made? Vienna. Vienna. Close. There you go. <laughs> One of those. Something. Venice is nice. <laughs> I mean, he might have wanted to go there on the way. The acoustics of the canals. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> yeah, good. You could be. You could play Young Dynamo. I could. I've got the. I got the head for it. Well, actually, no. We're older. And He's I could 34. eat pancakes like Stallone. <laughs> he, he likes pancakes. I can imagine he likes pancakes. <laughs> I'd need some. Yeah. Well, he's got no hair, so like that get, helps me get by the um, the age thing. Ah, uh, yeah, true, true. I assume he never had hair. Never, yeah. It, that's a disability, according to the Smiths. Keep Greg's name out your fucking mouth. Yeah, where's my where's my handicap parking sticker? I'm bald. <laughs> but officer, I'm 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 bald. Have you? Oh my god. Um, Jesse Ventura has some mad quotes on why he thinks baldness is awesome. Oh yeah. So like my my grandfather said, you know, the grass don't grow where it's where it's a lot of traffic. And then he also says, "What does that mean?" <laughs> like, there's a lot going on up there. I don't know. Then he also said, "You know, God created only a few perfect, perfectly shaped heads, and then the rest He gave hair." <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> oh. ah, delightful. Thanks, Jesse. I'm going to write these down. Um, you know, when we do like a sci-fi type of thing, I like to evaluate its predictions, Greg. You know, like the oh, famous three course, seashells yes. from Demolition Man that were very astute and exactly how mm. we wipe our bottoms to this day. Um, mm-hmm. But this movie got a few things right. I guess a lot of that you could argue probably came from Stephen King, which kind of makes sense. But first and foremost, reality TV. It is kind of the bread and butter of television these days, especially in mm. Australia. It's kind of all we got in Australia in terms of mm. original content. Um, you touched on this, the, the sort of conspiracy vibe to it all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like they took away our guns and then this happened or like the fake news or, the, you know, everyone's lying mm. to us. Um, mm. But then technology-wise, deep fakes, deep fakes towards the end there. Oh, of course, the deep, deep fake. And then just a softer one like general voice technology around the house and that kind of thing. Smart homes. Smart homes, yeah, flat TVs. Uh, there's quite a few things that got right. I'm scared of deep fakes. Yeah, me too. I mean, it's going to be a – it's going to fuck <laughs> shit up, man. <laughs> They're going to fuck shit up for sure. Yeah. If they haven't already. Deep fakes plus AI and deep faking voices, all those things combined. Yeah. Man. Like you would just go yeah. – we've, we've got our Siri AI that we turn to for uh, – some some plot rewrites now and then, as we've done on Ghostbusters well, right. and such. And it's not very good, <laughs> but it's early days. <laughs> At some point yeah. you'll just go, write the plot, now generate the movie. Yeah. No need for creativity. Yeah. Have you seen that one called Dali, spelt like Wally but Dali? No. I've joined the wait list to get access. But you basically write in a description and it generates the image in 10 different ways. So you could go a uh, teddy bear riding a bicycle eating watermelon and it will make it photorealistic, it'll make it cartoon. You can decide which style you want and it'll generate it out of nothing. It's not like they've grabbed a photo and put, put things together. They've generated out of nothing. Oh, my God. Well, fucked. Well, fucked. So, yeah, pretty astute on the, uh, on, on the part of the film. Very astute on their part. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the book, I suppose. I suppose. Actually, speaking of the book, do you, uh, why don't I get into some of the differences? So I mentioned it was set in 2025. So obviously, those 
those important eight years can make all the difference. But well, Ben Richards himself, a bit more like the Christopher Reeve version. Um, he's an impoverished, unemployed guy who was blacklisted from his trade. He's got a gravely ill daughter. His wife has resorted to prostitution to bring in money for medicine and such. And he goes to the game network out of desperation. So that's that's the central premise. Um, a lot darker and grittier. Well, she's not a very good prostitute. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, this is fiction. <laughs> that was great. Oh, that might be a top ten zigger, Greg. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> we don't get cancelled now. If we get cancelled for that, I guess it was worth it. Yeah. I think any attention at this point will cut be off a this, milestone. Yeah, we can't cut off our revenue stream. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh wait. <laughs> okay. Now, The Running Man itself, the show, it is more like a traditional, was it Death Warrant or Nowhere to Run where it was um, people hunting oh, you? Yeah, yeah. It's one of the denim westerns. It was a bit more like that where Nowhere to run. No. They, they basically hard target. Re- hard target. Oh, yeah. There's neither of us. <laughs> was that one? <laughs> Dead and Western, was it, so now, was it Universal do. Soldier or was it uh, um, <laughs> <Blood> Titanic? <laughs> <laughs> um, they they basically you sign up, they release you, they release you into wherever, like the world, um, with mm-hmm. four thousand eight hundred dollars and a video camera. You can go anywhere you want, do whatever you need to do to avoid. Mm. You get a twelve hour head start to avoid a bunch of hitmen that are coming to hunt you. So in the book, he gets a fake ID, gets a disguise, yada, yada, yada. You have to make two videos a day to send to the TV show for them to use. Viewers can call in with tips of where they've seen the guy and they get a cash oh, prize yeah. for that. So this is the whole cool. ecosystem of how it works. What's in it for for old mate, what's in it for Ben Richards, is he gets $100 for every hour he survives and another $100 for every law enforcement officer or hitman that he kills. Oh. Yeah. And a billion dollars if he lasts 30 days. And and basically Mm. from that point on the entire plot's different, so I won't go through everything. In fact, I'll leave it because they're going to make a new one. Edgar Wright's making it, so that I assume it'll be closer to the book, so I don't want to spoil that. But that's the premise uh-huh. of it. It's, it's pretty heavy stuff. I wonder who he's going to cast in there. I hope he keeps Opera Man as a character. Um, yeah, I wonder who he's going to cast. Oh, well, I think Simon Pegg. Yeah, probably. Yeah, because King describes Ben Richards as a scrawny guy. He said basically that um, Richards in the book was as far away from Arnold Schwarzenegger um, as you can get. Oh. Which is interesting. It feels like it might have been, like like I said, Van Damme, obviously he's still not an everyman, or Bruce Willis. I could imagine it being like a more, yeah, everyman thrown into a wild scenario that he has to figure out with very little resources. Hey, Tristan. Yeah. Do you know Simon Pegg has done a movie called Run, Fat Boy Run? Yeah, is that good? I think that might be good, right? It's got Fandy Newton in it. And yeah. um, our friend, friend of the show, Hank, it was directed by David Schwimmer. Really? 
Yeah. We're on a break. <laughs> That's my swimmer. <laughs> it's good. It's good. Really like it. Yeah, nice. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, pretty different. Pretty different stuff there. Pretty different stuff. Which isn't yeah. necessarily bad. I'm down for people reinterpreting shit like Total Recall we mentioned before. Yeah. Very different to the book. Yeah. I'm open to it. We got Opera Man out of it. Like, whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Lots of quotes in this movie too. Wow, oh, big on the quotes. Big one-liners. They don't make a lot of them. Don't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> what have you got for us? Any you want to share? I got. I got some. Uh, where is he? Was this the first I'll be back? Hey, Killen, here's Sub-Zero. Now he's Plane Zero. <laughs> Doesn't even make any sense. What's Plane Zero? I Googled it in case it was some kind of like science term or something. I don't know. Mm. Um, no, it wasn't the first I'll be back. I'll give you the history of I'll be backs. <clears throat> the first one was Terminator. First Terminator. I'll be back. Uh. And Raw Deal. I'll be right back. Commando. I'll be back, Bennett. Running Man. I'll be back. Twins. I'll be back. <laughs> Last Action Hero. I'll be back. Ha! You didn't know I'm going to say that, did you? That's what you always say. The Sixth Day. I might be back. You'll be back. And Expendables 2. I'll be back. You've been back enough. I'll be back. <sighs> <laughs> Uh, Go on, guys. <laughs> Go on, guys. <laughs> um, but I, it's a funny one because, like I, like I said, I didn't really notice until we started in the pod, I didn't really notice that you said it in more than one movie. I thought it was a Terminator thing. But then at the same time, it's kind of just a thing people say, right? Like, oh, yeah, I'll be back. Like, I don't know. It's not, it's not that catchphrasey. What? But I... But on this one, it really is like a. He's almost looking at the camera when he says it, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he's going away. I told you I'd be back. I didn't want to be a liar. Yeah, it's perfect. It's perfect. And what about, okay, this is my, fa- this is my number one of the whole film. This is my favorite one. Amber, the chick he's with, who, side note, respect. She comes back to fucking help him once she realized she fucked up. Respect. Yeah. And she gets a, she gets a pass from it as well. Yeah. She says, me and my big mouth, we should have taken that trip to Hawaii. And he says, I had the shirt for it, but you fucked it up. <laughs> That's so good. That's so good. What is that? That is good. He's really angry too. It's, um, it's <laughs> yeah, I had the shirt. That's a waste. <laughs> I, had the I can't shirt wear that in dystopian dairy. Ah, <laughs> oh, so Hawaii is the good spot to answer our earlier question. What was that? I was trying to, w- to work out if it was sunny anywhere and I guess it's Hawaii. Oh, uh, yeah, it's pretty sunny here. Hey, the sun's up in both our locations. That's Earth must be flat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, Greg, what happened to Buzzsaw? What happened to him? He had to split. <laughs> yeah. This- <laughs> <laughs> that Sub-Zero was a real pain in the neck. It doesn't make sense. He had a pain in the neck. He wasn't anyway. <laughs> what? How are these stacking up? I think, like, frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. I'm gonna, ma- I'm gonna make him an offer you can't refuse. Yeah. Uh, what else? You're talking got? to me. Toto, got a feeling. Yeah, you're talking to me. We're not in Scarlet, Kansas anymore. I do give a damn. Yeah. 
Um, we're on a break. I'll, I'll be back. <laughs> I'll be back. Um, uplink, underground, uplink, underground. If you guys don't shut up, I'm going to uplink your ass and you'll be underground. That's good. <laughs> and so it takes a long time to get there. <laughs> <laughs> Remember how it is he ad-libbed some of these. Really? I don't know. But he know. said it like he didn't know what they meant half yeah. the time. Yeah, that's probably more. That's probably more to the point. This is the thing. I um obviously I love Arnold. We love Arnold, and I love cheesy one-liners. But his he just wasn't quite a. He wasn't the best actor yet. He he. It actually kind of shows how much he really did improve because he his delivery of some lines in this are really odd. Mm. But it, it all kind of comes together in this one. It all kind of it all suits. <laughs> Yeah, it really does. Did we we touched on the Hunger Games? Oh um, yeah. Do, have you what? I've never seen the Hunger Games. Mm. I know of it. I know it's got a person called Katniss in it, and That's she not likes the first to one. do a little three. There's a bit of a Hitler salute I thought going on in that, which I was wrong about. It's not that <laughs> at all. It's um, not. Yeah, but it was. Uh, I think it's. It's hard to deny the similarities, I understand. Yeah. And there's a Japanese movie called Battle Royale. Yeah. I I read someone's take on it that was sort of like a bit of a mix of Battle Royale and and this. Yeah, pretty much. Cuz that is a TV show, I think, Hunger Games, right? Um in in the movie. Yeah. And it's Donald so weird Sutherland. because it's it's I like Donald Sutherland. They have to kill each other, but it's like a PG movie. And so it never mm. really f- feels like the premise versus the treatment of the premise. It just feels at odds. Mm. Like it just, it's weird. They're there to murder each other. <laughs> it's weird. PG. Yeah. And it's like the Babysitter's Club. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great show. <laughs> I watched the movie The Babysitter's Club because Alex Mack was in it. Yeah, the more like the babysitters club. Yeah, I, I right? went. I went on a date there in like year seven, and I was like, yeah, "All right, Alex Mack," but I had to keep that to myself. <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing it ever since. Uh, but it does speak to this film's legacy, doesn't it? Like, if it's got yeah, for sure, it's a it's a innately interesting um, concept. Yeah. That people yeah. are into it. Obviously, the, whether you look at Gladiators or Hunger Games, it like it's a it's a style or, or and, as and reality TV, Squid Game, reality TV. It's a vibe. It's Marbo, and it's uh, <laughs> it's the remake will do well. It will. I reckon there'll be he'll at least do some Easter eggs. Like there'll be some kind Definitely. of opera man. There'll probably be a there'll there'll probably be a Richard Bachman character or something. Give a yeah, little there'll, nod. Be, there'll be something. There'll be still something in there. Yeah, maybe played by Stephen King or something. Yeah. Get into the verdicts. Yeah, let's get into the verdict. I don't know what to say, really. I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. The law. I'd like an answer to the question, Judge. I want to have them answered immediately. You can't handle the truth. What are you waiting for? Ah! Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. Nothing further. Your Honor. And that's all I have to say about that. Yeah, for me, like, probably not a tier one, Arnie, but definitely one I'm going to keep revisiting. I feel like it's the first time I've watched it properly. I'd seen bits and pieces before. I feel like it will reward repeat viewings. Mm-hmm. 
because there's so many weird lines and just moments. Yeah. And, um, I think it's the kind of thing I'll probably just throw on here and there. Mm. It'd be a good Halloween costume. I was thinking that too. Yeah. Like any of would. them. <laughs> I'd need to get in a bit of shape before I put on the, the, the yellow spandex. Yeah, I'll end up looking like stick that Tron a, guy. You know that stick meme? a cucumber down my pants or something. <laughs> or just face facts and go as um, Dynamo. <laughs> Dynamo. Yeah, fuck it. This year I'll go as Dynamo. Maybe next year I'll go as the chick. Um, I'll go as Richard about, Dawkins. <laughs> what about you, Greg? Yeah, like, yeah, as I said, it's no Blade Runner, it's no Total Recall, it's no, it's not even Robocop, but it's fun and uh, I'll be back. <laughs> I had that too. <laughs> and I realised I finished already, I'm like, fuck, I didn't say it. Like, I'm definitely going to watch it again, many times. I'll be back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh. Uh. Um, actually, speaking of Total Recall, I was thinking this uh, Verhoeven would obviously do a fucking great job with this. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it would be kind. Of, it feel like it would be him kind of repeating himself, maybe. But you know, yeah. Oh yeah, he should have done this one. Yeah. <laughs> um, did Simpsons do it? Oh. Not that I could find. The only thing I could find was Bart Simpson doing the Running Man dance. Yeah, which <laughs> is not the same thing. <laughs> it is not. Uh, porn parody, I looked it up and after uh, mountains of research, it seemed to, my search results all seemed to be just other superhero porn parodies, which I was surprised at the uh, extent of which um, they were there. Um, yeah. Bechdel test, uh, no. Although we do get an old lady saying motherfucker, which is quite was, cool. Does that yeah. count? We've got to ask those Bechdel test people if that counts. Yeah, I don't know if we're allowed to assess. <laughs> I don't want to man explain the, it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, FX test. SA, oh, SA, yeah. They got all that tunnel stuff and they got the electricity. That was, shit was and good. And just the overall aesthetic. Yeah, I'm down. Um, I don't have any recasts on this one. I'm going to do you. I didn't, no, but then I realised when I was talking about it that I, this would have been a good one to have a bit of a stab at. Make it actually would have, yeah. I mean, no. I, I genuinely was watching it thinking this feels like a Van Damme movie. I could easily see him doing it. Um, I, I don't know. I, don't, I can't yeah. pinpoint why, but it just feels like a Van Damme movie. It feels like a mm. canon movie. Yeah, it does feel like a canon movie. I would probably put in Tom Cruise just because I'm putting him in everything now after watching Top Gun Maverick. What about Miles Teller in there? Oh, he can come in too. Have you learned the shimmy thing he does yet? What is that? Is Carol asked you to grow a moustache? That's the thing. I've only seen the TikToks. It shows him doing the shimmy and then girls just lying on the floor dead. Oh, from the and from the football from scene. From the football scene, yeah. Oh no, I see this. I missed that. Uh, Carol probably didn't miss it, but she she, she keeps these did. things to herself. Yeah, because she's like, yeah, I'll watch Top Gun with you. <laughs> yeah, the she fact loved that, it. The fact that she went with you is a strong sign. Yeah, that's true. She loved it. I don't know why she's going again this week though. That seems. <laughs> I mean, she went twice last week. Um, my MVP was Erwin Van Little D. Judy. Oh, nice. The Opera Man. I'm going to give it to Richard Hawkins or Dawkins. Host with the most. The host with the most. He was cool. Yeah, that's a good call. That's a good call. All right. What are we doing next? Oh, we're doing, this is the first time we're doing a modern film next week. 
a modern film. Look at the Dark Fate, the attempt to retroactive uh, uh, retcon in a third Terminator film that ignores all the rest. Does it succeed? I don't know. Tune in and find out. Have you seen it? No. Oh, um, I've seen it. Oh, should I do a plot prediction for it? If you want, but it's Terminator. Yeah. There's <laughs> the company there. You got the Skynet there. <laughs> and Arnie saves the day and then he dies. This will be good because we have done Terminator 1 and 2. So this is this is theoretically Terminator 3. Okay, it works. I look forward to it. So yeah. tune in next week to find out how we go outside of the 90s. <laughs> Do we have anything to Whoa. talk about? Um, until then, leave a review. We appreciate yeah, reviews. We love them. We, we appreciate you. We appreciate, we appreciate you. you. We appreciate you. Thank you for joining us once again. And we'll hear you, see you, speak to you next week. Something. Right. Uh,